0: I think at one of the meetings somewhere we were, somebody started singing higher, higher, lower, lower, (laughs) and I thought that would follow up really well, (laughs) but we're going to just stop at this moment just so we move the service along, but God bless you, good to have you in the house of the Lord. Why don't you sit down for a moment before we read the scriptures tonight, and uh, this morning I ran into a little bit of trouble getting some of the video clips to work so I'm just going to get you to play those successively. There's about, uh, there, some of them are just a short clip, but that's just from Uganda this morning before we go into Malawi tonight. So if you can do that, Brother Dan, just pop them up and you can just start playing them. So God had his word to many generations. And he waited. Maybe he became bitter. But the Bible said he waited two years. What a resurrection that was! Would he? What a resurrection! This is. We are a part of the rest. with Them, how he longed to see the spirit of God, so, and, and it was his desire with him on my first trip to Africa. I've now taken 10 or 12 trips to Africa. And it's it's beautiful. So after God would build this tabernacle. (laughs) There was a couple of longer ones, but uh, I just left it. That was just some snippets from a few of the meetings. So just wanted to show that for you. If you can put that PowerPoint up, Brother Dan. Every time uh, we would go, Brother Harold would have this question put to him, and I would have this question put to me before I left, and everybody say, well, have a good holiday. So in order to give you ammunition, I'm going to give you a little ammunition about the holiday. So uh, after we finished the meetings in Uganda, we went to, uh, uh, we'd finished seven meetings in, the, in the, the four days we were there, and then the next day was a travel day back, And Brother James said, you know, we're about an hour to an hour and a half away from one of the game parks. Would you like to go? If we start early in the morning. So I said, what time? 5.30. So we said, let's do it. So we went early in the morning. I'm just going to show you a few clips from that. But uh, we went early in the morning to one of the... You can turn the lights further around. So we went to one of the game parks that was close by. It was beautiful early in the morning. You see a lot of different stars that you don't see in this hemisphere. Now you're on the equator, or actually just south of the equator. But we went, and we had a little vehicle. We went to one of the game parks. We were there just as the sun was rising, and they were trying to figure out a way. We hired a guide, and so um, the the guide actually um, would sit in the front seat. So they wanted me to view as much as possible. I said, so the guide's going to sit there. The only place for you in the front is behind the driver's wheel. So I I drove as we went through there, and he would tell me, go this way, go that way. It was all off-road, so it was fine. So we immediately got in the vehicle, and the first thing he said is, hey, they've spotted some lions. So we headed out, and uh, so we're out in the game park, and then there's a few lions here. And the guide was really judicious. He said, let's drive this way. I said, hey, we're driving away from them. No, they're heading this way. Do you see that one over here? So sure enough, they started coming right at us. We, he, he parked us right where we should be, and here the lions started coming right at us. So we, we, they got kind of close. Hey, in case you're wondering what the rest of the story is, I'm here, and don't worry, okay? <laughs> so anyway, we, we got close. We got to see lions. He said some of the brothers, they come there, and they don't even get to see him. He said, you're blessed. He said, you got to see the lions right away. So they they were really close, we had, it was a blessing to be that way. We saw other animals, there's lots of deer and antelope, water buck, different animals. Water buffalo, and uh, we saw some of them. We actually could sense that as the lions were moving, these these water buffalo got very, very um, nervous. They don't have a good eyesight. But you learn a lot of how these animals work together in groups or in families. The lions will march single file. They'll work together. The buffalo stay in a group and, and they, they have a keen sense of smell. So they get nervous very quickly when, when there's lions around. Saw a hippopotamus. We actually saw some later in the river. But this one is just coming fresh out of a mud hole. And um, so we saw him. We saw we went on the river a little later and we saw some elephants just over on, on the side here. And um, so that was... Was was good, and then one of them came right out and was peering right at us, and uh, a big, big old bull elephant. So it was really good. Um, we saw some rhinoceros, uh, but we didn't get a picture. My guide sent me one after, and this was right in the camp, close to where we were. We were just uh, close to the equator. Uh, there's a really funny thing that happens on the equator on the north side. If you if you have a little bowl, they you drop the water, the water goes clockwise. And if you go on the other side, just about 100 yards on the other side of the equator, it spins counterclockwise. And if you go right on the equator, it doesn't spin at all. It just drains. So there, science fact for all of you. any rate, we headed back to uh, y- y- Kampala that day, later that day. Um, actually, and then the next day, I didn't get to see Brother Fred. We had wa- wanted to have a meeting with him, but he had something else scheduled. But I did meet uh, Brother Robert And also Brother Stephen Abali. And so this was just on the same day that I was flying out that night to go to Malawi. So I just want to show you that quickly. So if anybody wants to ask how my holiday was, there you go. And uh, anyway, you can turn that off Brother Dan. Let's stand together. And uh, we'll just go directly to the Word. Let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 80. (coughs) Psalms, chapter 80. Uh, It's a little hard to give a mission report because there's not a lot of anointing that goes with it, so we'll try and give you a little bit of that, and then I got a little thought in my heart I'd like to speak if we can. Psalms chapter 80, we'll start reading in verse, um, well, let's just start reading in verse 3. This is David, the psalmist. I might not read all of this, but... Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our enemies, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved verse 8 thou hast brought a vine out of egypt thou hast given thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it thou preparest room before it thou didst cause it to take deep root and it filled the land the hills were covered with the shadow of it and the boughs thereof were like goodly cedars She sent out her boughs unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges, so that all which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast out of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts, look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine." So this is a vine that God had planted, and yet the enemy had his way. The enemy got in. The enemy began to to do something to it. But the cry came forth, Lord, you planted this vine. You restore it. And so it says, return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine, and the vineyard which thou hast which thy right hand has planted, and the branch which thou hast made strong for thyself. It is burned with fire, so it is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man, thy right hand, upon the Son of Man, whom thou hast made strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you tonight just for the gathering, for the song service. We want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for this gathering. Lord, you have called us. You are the Alpha, and you are the Omega. You are the author of our faith. You are the finisher of our faith. Lord, the enemy has been let loose in this time. Lord, even against us, even against us in this truth, in this message. But Lord, your hand is upon us. And we believe, oh God, that you will fulfill all that you have concerning this vine that you have planted. I pray, Lord, bless us as we just look at the word tonight. We commit ourselves to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I will also read from John chapter 10. And here Jesus is speaking in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand Amen. my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand Amen. years ago i believe the yance brothers they sang a song and uh, in in the song uh, it was about the bride and and it was it says things have not worked out was one of the verses the way we planned sometimes we come into this message and we know it's the greatest message that has ever been. We know it's God that has ordained this work. And yet along the way we meet disappointments. Along the way we meet setbacks. Along the way there is, it almost looks like the, the plan of God has been extinguished and all that God did. But we are not living in the age of the reformers. We are living in the age of the restoration. And God will take under anything that we're under. He is a restorer. Yeah. While we were there, we were ministering, and it came up several times about Elijah and, and the widow woman and how under the message of Elijah, that was her protection. But then when things went wrong, when her son died, and she had a right to call back on Elijah, and Elijah would come and he restored her child back to life. So we also are under the ministry of Elijah, and no matter what the enemy does, God will remain victorious, and we believe that he is with us no matter what is going on. Brother Ray, God's going to restore everything. I believe that we're going to go on with God better than we have before, because that's the God we serve. And he's not only going to restore the pews, but he's also going to restore homes. He's going to restore families. I believe that's the hour that we live in. And we see that firsthand. So we're believing those things. Now I've entitled this The Restored Vineyard. I'm going to speak on this and then I'm going to jump into another thought at the end of this. But if we can, there's the screen that you couldn't see very good this morning. Doesn't help at night either. But This is now North America, there's Africa, there is Russia, there is the Far East. Malawi is just a little country down in the bottom here. (coughs) Oh my goodness, it's worse than this. Okay, we were in Uganda earlier. When we left Uganda, we felt on our hearts to go to Malawi. Now, Malawi is a place I'd been over 30 years ago. I believe it was even on my first mission trip that I ever went on. I was five weeks gone. Brother Harold had gone at that time with... um, Sister Marlene, he had been gone for three weeks, I joined him for a couple of weeks, and we traveled together in Kenya, in Tanzania, and in Malawi. And Malawi was always very dear to my heart because it wasn't so much a big convention meeting, but we traveled through the rural side, countryside of Malawi. And it was there that we had met Brother Dixon, it was there that we had met Brother Paddington, it was there that we met the people of Malawi, and they call Malawi the warm heart of Africa. And any of you that remember Brother Dixon, he always had this real humble way about him and this good spirit about him, and it was just a meek kind of a way. And then I found out when I arrived in Malawi, and when we arrived 30 years ago, the country was under the rule of Uh, A leader who had actually gone to the United States in America, and he had gone to Kentucky to a university there years before, and he actually had been in one of Brother Branham's meetings, I believe is how it was. But he was acquainted with the message. So when he came back and he became the ruler, there were certain things he initiated. For instance, when you landed at the airport, if you were a woman and you only had slacks, they provided you with a dress. Ah, wouldn't that be refreshing? I wish he was still in power, because when I got there, it wasn't that way anymore. But anyway, that was such a blessing to me at the time, and it was many years, and I had a good friendship with Brother Paddington, and and Brother Paddington came here in 1997, uh, I believe for one of our conventions, just a dear old brother, sort of the Don Bablet's of Malawi, he he was a man. When I met him, he had traveled the country, he had evangelized, he had done things, and uh, and and lived all of his life uh, there. And uh, and by the time he realized that he's 35, 36 years old, and he's evangelized the country, and he's not married or anything, so he decided to get married. And he got married to. Uh, uh, his wife at the time, I think he was close to 40. She was close to 20. So he beat a lot of people in this room. But he, he nonetheless, he was such a precious brother and he came here. So I, I give you a li- little bit of history. This is now Malawi. Malawi has, um, you can't see it there, but there's Lake Malawi. Let's see if this is better. Uh, lake Malawi is a very big inland lake. It's a tourist area. So, in and Malawi ha- has, has, kind of a long, linear country. Um, the capital is Lelongwe, That's sort of the seat of government. Blantyre is down here. That is the place where it's kind of very hilly, very mountainous. And then you go right down into the southern tip, and and there is Mozambique all around. And the southern tip is defined very well by one place called Nisanji. And it's below sea level. In the time I was there, I think it was... Uh, 38 to 40 degrees during the day. It cooled off to 32 at night. But uh, we had a very historic event, which I won't go into tonight. So that's, that's the country of Malawi. So there's Blantyre. That's where the message really started. That's Lilongwe, And then up into the north, it goes right up to Tanzania. So just giving you a little history. The message was introduced there in the early 1990s. Brother Harold and Brother Don Bablitz went in for four days. I went in for four days this time, too. I didn't get the same results as they did, but nonetheless, God has planted a vineyard. And they first introduced the message, and they preached ten services in four days. And Brother Dixon was the translator. He was a Church of Christ preacher, and Brother Dixon was the translator, and, and he translated the message after, after 10 services, his voice was shot. He was gone. But he's asking the question because as he's translating, the word starts burning in him. And as the word is burning in him, he, he, he's just sensing it. And he says, now, where do I go? Is there a Bible school I can go to? He says, no, we'll send you some tapes. And you just feed those tapes. So he immediately went back to the church of Christ and he started preaching some of what he heard. And, and it burned so much in him, but it also burned in some of the people the wrong way. Because as he was preaching, they got incensed and they literally had some of the elders come to him while he was in the pulpit and they dragged him and threw him out. So that was the beginning of the message. He had nowhere to go. He began to take the message. <coughs> the message began to spread in Malawi, as I would say, a model of the apostolic order, which Brother Branham would say, someone who has the light then goes and gives it to someone else who is faithfully taught. As Paul would find at Timothy, that's how the message began, and that's how the message spread in Malawi. It began to take that model, and it was probably one of the countries in Africa that was, was just a model for how growth and stability were achieved. So it, it, it went that, for, that way for many years. Brother Biscoe went in. Brother Lonnie Jenkins went in. Brother Jeremiah went in. The country was under just a, a real growth. It had grown from north to south. There was hundreds of churches had spread around. Well, as, as things would happen, Satan is not willing to let that sit. And so things began to infiltrate in the message, and you know, the devil is, is so shrewd, and he would come, and, and it started with a gifted man who had a, a gift of discernment, was sort of a prophet of sorts, and he came in and began to promote that, and it caught the attention of some of the ministry, it caught the attention of some of the people, and pretty soon it began to be promoting that above the revealed word. Now remember this morning we said that wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered. So it's not the gathering in this last day is unto the Lord. It's not unto a particular church. It's not unto a particular gift. It is not unto a particular movement within the message. But it's God's revealed word. And God watches over his word. So... I believe God planted the seeds that started in that country. And so the the seeds that started in that country were, were used by men like Brother Harold, Brother Don. The word was planted. It was watered. God watched over it. And yet, This thing rose up, it began to cause division, it began to cause confusion, and it began to cause separation and grief and hardship through the country, and I'm not going to go into all the details, because that's just the devil's work. And it it eventually, in the main church there, it it caused a division, and over 70% of the believers were pulled away, and it looked like there was fragments and there was nothing left. And it was a it was a great I think Brother Harold would say if he would have been here it was a, a grief to him because of all the work and all the labors and it looked like Satan had achieved this Now I'm going to come back around to this in a minute. <coughs> now we were planning the trip to Uganda for Easter actually thought to go to Eastern um, you, Eastern uh, Afri- uh, Uganda as well and be there but About that time earlier this year, I had a call from a brother from Malawi. Actually, it was five years ago, a brother from Kenya had told me he had gone into Malawi and he, I'd been been with him in Kenya and he says, Brother Ed, if you ever feel a burden on your heart, go to Malawi. They really need it. (coughs) So that was my call. Then earlier this year, I had a brother call me and he just said, Brother Ed, we would like to invite you to come. And I said, well, I'll pray about it, I'll do it. So uh, I I really hadn't put that together, but uh, just a month or so before the trip to Uganda came, we heard about this cyclone that hit, it was a major cyclone that hit southern Africa, basically over Malawi and Mozambique. And a cyclone will come through and spend two, three days. This lasted over eight days over those countries. And it caused tremendous damage, tremendous loss of life. It was, it was horrific for the countries. I believe that 300-some people were killed. Many were injured. Loss of property, loss of so many things. These are some, some photos during the, the rain, during the roads, these are roadways that gave away. It was just saturated with rain, with wind. Uh, it caused much destruction. And, and, and you see photos here of the people. I, I had showed a couple of photo, uh, video clips uh, earlier in the year that the brothers sent me, and it just showed a, a sea of mud going through. Now, it primarily hit the southern area, Blantyre, and then Mozambique. But it caused much damage. There was a number of believers that were killed in all of this. Many lost homes. Many lost different things. So this is just a accumulation of just imagery. So it was really detrimental. Uh, the brothers sent me a few photos. And this is some of the believers that, that had a home here that was gone. Another home here that was gone. Um, it, 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 you, you can't imagine... What, what it all was, but again, another home that was destroyed. Here's just the remnants of another one, and and just even even the homes that were somewhat stable still had much damage. So right now in in the country, there there the brother I was connected with was Brother Harrison, and Brother Harrison had grown up in in the church. Brother Dixon Kendoji, Sister Leanne. I believe when you went with Brother Harold, that was Brother Harold's last trip to Africa. So um, they, they went, and they went to Malawi, and then they went to Mozambique. And uh, if you remember, there was a sister, Constance, if you remember her. So she's the mother of Brother Harrison and Brother Dyson. These are two brothers, two ministers that uh, I was with quite a bit of time. And we had become acquainted with each other a little bit and uh, it was good to connect with them in person because you can text, you can conference call, you can do those things. but when you're with someone, you meet their meet them, you catch their spirit, you understand them and and i I, I was just uh, I would just say it was a welcome to me to catch the spirit of Brother Harrison, some of the brothers around him. and it was a real blessing to me how that. Despite everything that they'd been through, they had kept themselves, and they were still moving on. Even though the country had been much divided spiritually, you know, um, I I was um, um, uh, I I'd been there, and then just two two weeks prior, Brother Jack Jack Wallach as I would call him from Poland, had just had been there. And the Lord had laid a burden on his heart to go there as well, and so when I contacted him, we had a little bit of communication, and he just said, "Oh, brother Ed, I'm so happy you're going because they need it. They had a natural cyclone, but the spiritual cyclone was worse. And um, so what happened? And I'll I'll just drop this in now. But the man who is at the center of all of this was a gifted man, and but. Many of the older believers had doubts around him, began to pull away, and yet he was being promoted, he was being such and such, and eventually he caused this big division, and today that man is uh, being identified under, they call it headstone, capstone ministries ministries of some sort, Um, he's identified as Elohim in flesh. And he has a gathering where when he comes to church, the believers all throw their clothes down before him and he comes into the service. So you talk about spirits that are attracted to the message. I believe it was Paul that said, after my going away, grievous wolves will come in. And and Paul would give that, and he says, heresies must come. And even Brother Branham would talk, and he would actually say in the message, Humble Thyself, talking about Branham Branham Tabernacle, he said, This tabernacle will lose its power. It will lose its strength. So, you know, when we see things and hear things that are going around, and there's many things going around. There's a movement of a man in South Africa where, you know, he's being promoted as something. There's one in Malawi. There's recently in the last days I became acquainted of a situation in Kenya that's being attributed to the message where it was like a cult-like following and people are dying and suicides. I, I just had to tell somebody, I said, listen, that is not the message. That is other spirits. That is not the message that God sent. That's something Satan wants to attach himself to. But God is God. And he will show himself. So whatever he wants to do, and you know the minute something like that comes, all the detractors come out. Ah, that's the message. No, it's not the message. I got nothing to do with it. I don't believe that for one moment. You want to pull on that, go and pull on it. That's got nothing to do with us. <clears throat> so anyway, we landed now uh, in Blantyre, and again, it's a bit of a mountainous area. This this is the, the the Thursday that I landed there. I arrived. I met with Brother Harrison is back there. This is Brother Dyson, his brother. Like I just got to say this for a moment. Brother Harrison is a very uh, God has brought him through many things, and he he's come through. And he's just a temperate man, he's got wisdom, he's got a good spirit, and, um, and we met him. And then his brother was the driver, Brother Dyson. And Brother Dyson is a man who is completely opposite. He laughs all the time, he jokes all the time, he's got his camera, he's got his car, he sings all the time, and everything is just, And I, at one point I looked at him and I said, are you sure you guys were born in the same family? Like, like, are you sure he's not adopted or something? And they laughed. And right, right to the end, we 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 had a we had a good time with them both. But the mother is right there. That's Sister Constance, and her husband. Uh, his name is Brother Marion, and that's how they pronounce it, Brother Marion. So his he he has a church. He wasn't there, but this is another minister in the Blantyre area. So we arrived, and they had scheduled four meetings in Blantyre. And what the the church has done. The, the church that used to be Brother Dixon's had been sold and uh, been brought by another group, but they rented out, and so they had scheduled, theoretically, four meetings over, over a couple of days there. But the believers in the other parts of the country were saying, no, you need to come by here. So Brother Harrison just graciously said, okay, we're going to change this program we're going to have a meeting in the south area. We're going to then move to the central area, and then we'll go a little further north. That way, all the believers would benefit. So, so we, we, we went that way. I found that was such a humble and good spirit. Now, this is the church that used to be in Blantyre, Brother Dixon's. This is the church where we had the meeting. Um, there was about 12 or 13 churches that came together on the Friday, and we had a meeting there. There was many ministers that were there, and this is them holding a blue book a blue book that we're all acquainted with well they they everywhere i went much like in uganda it was like this is the church that helps us well these are the blue books that help the believers at the beginning and so they still identify with it so brother harrison had reprinted some so the one that he had printed is this one a super sense and then forsaking all and what he does when they meet together like that, he hands those books out. It's almost identical to the ones we have out here. And the believers are very much blessed by it. So this is in the after service. I'll, I'll, I'll play a couple videos at the end. But the, we had a wonderful service that, that, that first meeting. And I took uh, the thought a little bit and then the Lord just opened up to me about God moving behind the veil. And I I took it how he moved behind the, you know, in, in the Old Testament under behind the tabernacle but then how he moved through Moses and it went through and it carried to Joshua and how in the Old Testament here was Jesus and Jesus was there, but then when the Holy Ghost came, uh, you know, it was now into the the many-membered body and people never recognized what was behind the veil. That's why you had an Ananias and Sapphira raise up, and that's why you had other ones. But I said, believers can always, God gives you something that causes you to look beyond the veil. And as I was showing all this transition and everything through, the brethren were sharing that there was a brother at the back who who is um, very much seclusionary, very much just for like tapes only, and he was in the service, And they just remarked as the service went in, they just saw his face opening, they saw his hands raising, and afterwards he came out and he hugged all the ministers and he said, wasn't that beautiful? Like, can you see God? He's just explaining to them, you know, and so the Lord just really anointed it. Brother Harrison just said, how, you have no idea how many veins you touched on and you help people, and I didn't, I really didn't know, and I just trust what he said was that way. But they were rejoicing. This this young man, he was just up and down all the time, bouncing across. Uh, he was he was a thrill to have in the congregation. I wish I had a couple of them here. Any of you here, just feel free. Here, I'll just, just like this, just right along here. Uh, that'll be okay with me. Brother Max, you got your joy shoes on, don't you? <laughs> Anyway, we had, we had a great time. I'll, I'll show you a video clip of this after. So that was in Blantyre, and it was a real blessing. These were the ministers. They were just, they were rejoicing. They were just, we had a wonderful, wonderful service. And, and afterwards, one of the young girls, Brother Harrison has a five-year-old daughter. She's never seen Brother Harold, but she probably has a picture up in their house. And she looks at me and she says, you remind me of Brother Harold. And I, what, I said, What? I said that would be like me looking at some colored person and saying, "You're Edie. i in," you know. And and, and so, but any rate, be it what it was, I I, I just had to laugh. And but even the, the elder believer said, "You you preach just like Brother Harold on some things," and you said the and they were just it so was so identifiable. So I just say, God planted a seed, God planted a vineyard, God is watching over the vineyard. And there was a real coming together, and and we really had a wonderful time with the believers. This was outside the church after, and then we went afterwards for a little bit of a fellowship. We stayed there, um, I think, until about three, and then we drove about five hours to Le and that was up to the central area after that, because we had meetings there the next day. So we... We drove along the countryside, down the roads again, you know, just uh, all the way. We traveled partway, (coughs) and along the way, uh, this is Brother Harrison. This is Brother Dyson, so the cool, calm, collected one, the colorful one, you can tell. Uh, The the guy in the middle, just kind of relaxed. And then this is Brother Paddington. Brother Paddington, who I had not seen for 26 years, but yet I found him just the same and he's the one who called Brother Harrison and said, Brother Harrison, this brother, he, he helped us get to Canada. He did this. And he was telling about the first time he came to Canada. And he came and they gave him a hotel room. And he said, where's the key? He said, they gave him a card. This is your key. And he goes, ah, that is my key? And so he said, you know, he couldn't believe that that would actually be. And he was just remarking. And, but Brother Paddington is just a sweet brother. He is just so precious. He's the man. Anywhere he goes, he's open. He's witnessing. He does it to this day. You know, somebody's building a house, and you say, nice house. And the man goes, you like it? You want to come see? Sure. And he says, you know, you're going to live in this house for a while, but where's it going to go after you're gone? And where will you go? Where will your new house be? And the guy says, well, I really don't know. Have you considered your future home? Have you considered your heavenly home? And he begins to lead him to the Lord, and he baptizes him. And that's the way he is everywhere he goes. He's witnessing, he's telling people, and he has a way where he just brings common analogies and brings the people unto himself. So it, he was, it was he who begged us to come this way. So that's Brother Paddington. This is Brother Martin. He's a brother that used to be an associate to Brother Dixon, and then he left to go up north. He is just a real faithful man. So we spent about half the drive, two and a half hours, traveling together, sharing the burden on translation, sharing the burden on some of the things in the country, um, doing different things, and we talked about some things and established some things. It was really, really good to be with these brothers. We traveled from down here in Blantyre, we traveled all the way up here into um, Lilongwe, which is here. But we didn't go quite, we stayed overnight in Lilongwe, but then we went further up north to, uh, I think it's right in this area, Kasunja, Kis- in that area. So the, the very far north we didn't go to, but we went up to a couple of churches there. Brother Paddington is a little north of Lilongwe, so we headed up that way. So again, down the road, driving along, you know, lots of potholes, lots of bikes, lots of people. Um, This was the mount in that city, so we'd stayed overnight in a long way, drove the next day up to the meeting, and again, they had probably 10, 12 churches all coming together. So we we were in that town, we went to the meeting, and uh, all these people had gathered together, if, if there was a service that was beyond me, sometimes you're at home. Let me just share it this way. I'll be honest. Sometimes you're at home and you feel like you're limited as a minister. Like You don't have everything. That's why I'm glad we have a brother Max. I'm glad we have a brother Andrew. I'm glad we have a brother John. I'm glad we have a brother Moses. I'm glad we, that God has gifted a ministry everywhere. And it's wonderful. And, and I'm, I, I gladly make room for anybody that can benefit this church. And yet I always want to do better. So there's times that you just feel inadequate. There's times you don't feel like you're, you, you've, you've got what it takes. And then there's other times you get dropped into a situation where the word is flowing beyond anything you imagined, anything you thought, and it's just coming one step after the, one after the other, and that was this service. And that service... I spoke on the voice of the woman. I took this thought of the woman and and how and it brought it up to where the bride is the final voice. But it just brought it through the scriptures and it just kept coming and coming and coming. The brothers behind me were erupting, the ministers. One brother was scr- scrambling to take notes. He couldn't even do it anymore. I actually wanted to take notes. It was so good. And, and, I, I, and it wasn't me. And I, I, I just had to say, Lord, this is you. And it was beyond me. I, it really was. And, 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 and finally the brothers stopped taking notes and just videoed the rest of it. Well, I, you know, what I didn't know was that everywhere they go, they, they, they came and popped their cell phones down in front of the thing. And before I knew it, these, these recordings of the services were going across the country. And it was just like one after the other. So this service was just so, I, 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 it was so sacred to me. I just said, Lord, it's you. And, and I, I just gave God, I give God the glory, and I thank you for your prayers. Brother Paddington, he, he just wept. He said, you have no idea what this service, this service will make a difference for years to come. He told, he said, these people have been under so much that God has just poured something in today. And it was, it was just beautiful, it was wonderful, and I thank the Lord for it. <laughs> Sometimes you step into something. The lines are fallen to pleasant places. You know, you go there, prayers come, everything just drops in, and you know it's God. And that's, I, I believe, I just thank God for His sovereignty. So we had, we had a wonderful service there. There's Brother Paddington addressing the church. Um, and again, after service, it just, just was a worship, and, and it, was, it was beautiful, and... Uh, we just had a wonderful time. We drove down the road. The next day was Sunday morning. We drove down the road. We went back to Brother Paddington's church. And, and he was about an hour and a half from there. And again, a number of believers carried over there. So we drove down to here. This is coming into his area. Many believers walking to the service, coming to the service. I, I didn't take that many pictures, but I got some video inside. So we, I'll, I'll play those in a minute after we finish the PowerPoint. After... After the service, and, and, and that service we spoke on really the atonement and how everything that was in the atonement, including the restoration, and, and really this thought, the scripture came back to me about the vineyard. And God planted this seed, and God will watch over it, and God will bring it back. And I, it was just such a thrust on, on that whole service, and, and the believers just rallied behind it and just began to take courage and move with it. And it was just God in the right time, in the right season. So no matter what's happened, I believe God's bringing it back. So this was in in the house of Brother Paddington. We actually had something to eat there. This is... That's Brother Harrison, Brother Dyson. That's another visiting minister. This is Brother Paddington. He will receive people in his home and be there. His wife, uh, Margaret, had cooked a wonderful meal for us. We, we were there. He came to see us off at the airport. We flew. We left. We went through Ethiopia, landed in France. You know, now it's not hot. I've come off the plane. It was foggy. It was cool. I just had a shirt on. And as I'm walking, it's seven degrees. And I go, okay. That's what that feels like. Now I remember. Anyway, we we did that. We were in France. We landed there. We spent about five, six hours there. We had to wait till our flight. And then, hey, a familiar name. Headed back home, landed in Montreal, and then flew back here. 42 hours en route. Uh, I suffered. I had a cold. I had a cough. I had a plugged ear. I stopped and got some medication at the airport in Addis Ababa. Uh, they pillaged me, I think, for the cost of the medication. I think they saw me coming. And uh, anyway, nonetheless, it helped me, and I felt better for it. Came home, and uh, my wife was so gracious to help me out, give me some time to rest. And and I still am kind of off kilter, waking up at 3.34 every morning, but I'm here. So that's the end of the slideshow. Let's just go and go directly to those videos if you can play those videos from Malawi, this will just be a summary of a, f- a few videos if you can. <laughs> <laughs> that was his brother, Dick. We are Dick- was the Saturday service. This is in front of Paddington's church. Lots Joy shoes there, but nice. This next one, Brother Dan. So everywhere we went, the problem was the people enjoyed it so much. Guess what? I just got invited to their their convention in July, and I said, Hey, brothers. And, and he, he he said, Do you want that? And everybody, yeah, yeah, we want that. And and I had to go up there and stand. I said, brothers, I'm sorry to say, but we already scheduled our convention first. And so, <laughs> but the Lord willing, will work with them. I appreciate Brother Jack Wallach. He has a burden. There's a few other brothers. We may send somebody else to, to go there. I believe the Lord is really doing a work with the people. The other thing I just wanted to share is I went to some of the homes of the believers that have lost things. Um, we were able to give them some funds. Some people donated things. I used some from the church to help them. And Brother Harrison is helping distributing money to other pastors Doing things and helping the people that are there that have a need. And it was such a blessing to be with them. The people in Malawi were a real blessing to me. You can play this last one. This is some people getting some supplies um, uh, that are helping them in some essentials. We Bullenta <multura sorrows rap avaient Va-di> yako, <re Heart finale> That's the last video. You can turn the lights on. Amen. It was a blessing to be there again. I thank you. You're all included. You all share in everything that was there. And may God bless you. And I thank you for it. I want to just add on the heels of this. And this is a thought that the Lord had just been dealing with me on. So allow me now. I, 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 I'm about halfway. I've got about 20 minutes that I could use here. So let me just take 20 minutes just to conclude. We're at 10 after 7. So slightly after. But let's just take this. I want to turn to a scripture. This is in Ephesians chapter 4. And this kind of came to me while I was there. And, it, and I came back home and it really, just the Lord has really been heavy on my heart with this. So I want to take this just for a moment. And if I can just share a couple of simple thoughts. I feel like I need to share some word today. I, I really don't want to leave you without. Brother Michael, you, you sang that song this morning, Lord, Feed Your Children. I just, I gotta do, feed something here. So I, I wanna take this um, thought from Ephesians 4. Let's just read it from verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And he says, with all lowliness and meekness "'With long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, "'endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit "'in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, "'even as you are called in one hope of your calling, "'one Lord, one faith, one baptism, "'one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Now, I just want to say this, and I'll make some comments just coming back to the Scripture. But there is one body. One body. We are not islands to ourselves. We are not solitary creatures. When I looked at the animal kingdom, the buffaloes had the sense to stick together. When I looked at the lions, they all walked In marching orders together. I watched the the different animal parts of the animal kingdom and then I reflected on God's kingdom and how the devil, and I thought of Malawi and I thought, how the devil will seek to bring division, how he will seek to worm his way in. And and I I just reflected and I thought, what a rotten guy he is. Now we're going to have a rapture and the rapture is not going to be one person. But it's going to be a group that is united. And the devil is doing all he can to keep division, to keep differences, to keep things from coming to its fruition. So we're going to have a rapture. Now, I I was looking at this word (coughs) in verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. Now, forbearing, I'm going to just focus on that word. That'll be just really the essence of my thought here. But to bear with someone means, it's as a verb, it means to endure something negative. If you were going on, uh, somebody called you and said, I need a partner with me to travel to Hawaii, they'd say, oh, well, I guess I'll bear it. No, you wouldn't do that you would be like lifting their baggage and doing anything to help them if they're gonna pay for your ticket. So that's not bearing, but bearing is putting up with something negative. So it is to carry, to hold up, to support. We bear one another's burdens. We, we do that, but to forbear is actually a little different than that. To forbear means to politely or patiently restrain an impulse to do something, to refrain. So we live in an age with TikTok, with emails, with texts. Somebody posts something, bang, I got to respond. That's what we're being trained to by the world. But the Spirit of God is different than those things. Something happens even, you know, amongst believers. Okay, I'll, I'll draw a few uh, different things. But even in a home, something can happen in a home where there is uh, maybe just sharp words that are said and, and, and you know, you immediately can, you can have two schools of thought. One, uh, I'm going to fix this right away. We're going to deal with this and it's going to be settled. And the other thought is, oh, just let it go. What's the big deal? Well, somewhere there's a truth between those things. Sometimes maybe something has been said, something's been done, you know and and you know nothing's really said but you can feel the cool breezes. Oh no that doesn't happen in your home? My Listen, it's going to happen amongst believers until the rapture comes. There's going to be little things come up. There's going to be something the devil's going to use. He's going to point at somebody's faults, at somebody's failures. But that is not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not to accuse somebody. But the Spirit of God is to forbear, to, to work with one another, be constrained by love. Okay, I I need a little more pull than that. Listen, uh, you remove your halos for this part of the service. Okay, because this is where we live. This is what the enemy seeks to do in our homes. He does try to do it between parents and children. And fathers, the Bible says, provoke not your children. How do you provoke your children? Well, you can be so military, legalistic about the message, you drive your kids away. Right. You can provoke them by just, you know, have you read your Bible? Well, you say that every day. I'll tell you what, they won't want to read their Bible. Right. Yeah. You encourage them. So the, there's two words to provoke. Provoke them not to anger. But then it says provoke unto good works. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a difference between the two. Provoke is to encourage, is, hey, uh, we're going to do this. You want to come along? We're going to have a play at church. You want to join us? It's going to be good. And and it will be good. I believe it will be good. (coughs) So these are things that, that are happening. You know, when the Bible says, be ye perfect, that doesn't mean sinless. It means grow into maturity. Growing into maturity sometimes is making room for the brother who is not mature or the sister who isn't or the one that acts differently than you or the fact that you yourself act differently than all of them. And you sometimes, and we ourselves sometimes, are wrong. My goodness, this is like, you're never wrong? Listen, I'm wrong. I make mistakes. But I still have the Holy Ghost. That's got nothing to do with it. I will make them, I will, for, I will repent of them, and I will say, Lord, I, I made a mistake. The enemy trapped me. I'm sorry I did it. I'll say sorry to whoever, and I'll go on with God. Yeah. And I think we ought to have that much maturity to forbear one another. Yeah. Now look, you're, you're not going to have everybody in one prototype. I was just in Malawi, and there's two brothers, same mother, same father, and I'll tell you what, that's as far from the spectrum as they can go. I told Brother Dyson at the end, I said, you know, Brother Dyson, he's talking, he's he's working for employers, thinking of going into a business. I said, there's a company that makes uh, vacuum cleaners and all kinds of things. You could be their corporate manager. Just say, I'm Brother Dyson representing Dyson vacuums. And he says, really, there's a company like this? I said, I'm going to apply, he said. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Anyway, you know, he's just like, you know, everything we ran into, like, we didn't literally run into anything, but any issue, you know, we came to, we're, we're, we're just coming out of a meeting and we're wiped out and we're tired and we've got to drive two hours. Well, that brother kept talking. He would not let me go to sleep for nothing. He'd sing songs. They were not even in, I recognized they weren't all in tune. That tells you something. <coughs> so, listen, but he, we made it through. And I said, you know what? You're ordained to be who you are. You know, and, and, and he was just so off the wall and, and he had a song for every situation and, you know, and, and you know, he's driving me to the airport, he's singing, I'll fly away. He says, you're not gonna fly away, I'm flying away. And he's just, every song, every... I, I, I said, I'm gonna establish a Dyson playlist because it, it fits every situation. And he laughed and his brother just rolled his eyes and just said, listen, I think there's room... To forbear one another. What is forbear? It doesn't mean you go throttle somebody. You got a bad spirit. You got something and you got to get it. No, I think sometimes you just leave it alone. Do you remember the service that we played? Brother Donnie Reagan shared with Bathsheba and David and and the whole thing. You know, from the time that David uh, committed adultery, had Uriah killed, it was a year, maybe maybe eight, nine months before Nathan ever came to him. Well, look, look at how God was forbearing. God could have come down with fire and dealt with that thing. But God waited till the time was right. And then he came to David. And, and he came and, and, and uh, Nathan told a parable that related to a sheep herder. And Nathan told a parable that, that caused David to open up. And when David was just opened up and it was right, then God inserted the sword not to kill him, but to root out the sin. Friends, we need to give grace for God's timing. We need to give grace for... Sometimes somebody may have something, like Paul in the Bible, there was a woman that followed him with the Spirit, and he says, but God would not give him license to speak, but one day God did. So what is forbearing? It means to have restraint to impulses, you know? And if you're a man, I'll just fix this whole thing and straighten it out. No, sometimes allow the space to happen. Allow the time, forbear one another. And, and so that whole word, <coughs> as, as I shared with before, is to restrain, it's to have impulses to, to do these things. Now, I, I shared this earlier. In Humble Thyself, Brother Branham says... Now, don't forget, this tabernacle will lose its strength. I just was reflecting on Malawi and how the country was there. And then, how does the devil creep in? Brother Branham, you know, he, he makes a couple statements. Remember, this is the target where Satan has every gun in hell trained on it. He'll cause one person to do something that's contrary to what the other one thinks. In a message church, under the third pull, hey, the devil is real. Oh, friends, you know what? Like, if we can keep our spirits clean. You know what? Uh, Where where was it, Brother John, in the Bible, in, in Proverbs? A man that cannot keep his spirit is like a city without walls. You know what you need to do? Sometimes the Bible says offenses will come. Somebody's going to say something to offend you. And it's not that they're sinful. They're a Holy Ghost-filled believer sometimes. And differences will come. Now, there's others that we're discerning. (coughs) But anyway, so it says the devil will do that. That's his business. If he can get somebody to say something, hey, listen, did you know so-and-so? Don't listen to it. In the social media age, when there's posts going around and there's this and there's that, the devil's trying to engage you. Listen, I'm not against posts. Let's post and let's do it for the glory of God. Let's do it without motive. Let's do it in purity. Let's do it to help one another. Right? Does that sound fair? So he says, now, don't listen to it. That's the devil. He says, now... (coughs) If anybody has done something wrong, go right now and lambaste them and tell them they're wrong. Sorry, I wrote that last part wrong. Pray for them. Don't pray in a selfish way. Well, Lord, I know it's my duty. I've got to pray for that brother. No, he says, you take it to heart, really down for that sister. Just talk and be real sweet. And the first thing you know, you'll find them back in service again. And he says, after all, we're headed towards the setting of the sun. I can't share everything I heard, but when Brother Harrison started sharing some things about what happened and how believers were called out, and, and yet they still managed to keep their spirits pure. I just said, Lord, help us all to learn. Let, let's not let, you know, I, you're on the mission field, it's different, you're, you're there, everything is going outward, you come home and, you know, we're here. I, I think we need to have an inflow and an outflow. I think we need to be able to take in the Word of God, but we lo- need to look for a place to get it out, not keep it in here. Brother Ray, it's like, it's like that fire in there, the minute you open the door, it, it gets loose, it gets out there. But you know you keep it inside it just molders and fests inside and it does all these things. You know what let's let's not give the devil that room. Let's not, I, I, this is for all of us. this is for me. this is for my home, this is for me, it's for, for every home that's here. It doesn't matter who you are. I think we need to be able to do it. It's just now he says, the Lord Jesus will be coming one of these days and he says, we, he says 100 of 100. One hundredth of one hundred percent of the whole world will know nothing about it when the rapture takes place. It'll go so quietly, nobody will know anything. So then, every piece in the church must work together. And you must keep up your part of it. We see what time we're living in. We may be closer than we think we are. You know, even amongst the message, and you can go and, you, you know, somebody will post hey did you hear what brother over so and so said over there brother you know what we can get offended even amongst ministers and we think ah how can that brother get on that vein you know what what's sometimes greater is to say well I'm going to let the Lord do what the Lord has that's forbearance it's not hey well I'll let him know I'm going to send him 10 pages of quotes and show him no that's not it And I could use it sometimes too, but I want the Lord. The Lord has forbearance for me. And Brother Bradham would say, in Christ the mystery of God revealed, he'd say, if you think somebody's a little wrong, he says, Lord, don't let me have a root of bitterness. It'll affect him, and it will take Christ out of my life. That poison acid of malice and jealousy and hatred It'll take the Holy Spirit away from you. It'll run him from the tabernacle. Friends, we can't sit there with malice in our hearts and in church and think God's going to just come in. He can't move that way. That doesn't mean that the issue's fixed, but don't let it fester. Don't let it sit there and you have feelings and thoughts. Listen, this is very much on my heart. Our thoughts speak louder right now. Yeah. Listen, in, in Brother Brandon would say in the adoption, somebody out of their place can cause somebody else to lose their healing, can cause the Holy Spirit to stop. And who's going to be guilty? I don't want to have a wrong attitude. Does that mean I can fix everything? No, I can't. But let me have forbearance. Let me be forbearing. Let me wait till God fixes it. Let me wait till God makes it right. Are we here tonight? He says, it'll run the Holy Spirit from the tabernacle. It'll kill the Spirit of God. It'll drive it away. It'll hurt your pastor. It'll do everything. Don't you do that. (coughs) Just wax that much closer. Take the buckle. Buckle the whole armor of God. And then he makes this statement that I always thought is good. Love one another anyhow. What does anyhow mean? It means despite what's going on, anyhow, do it. <laughs> Listen, if you, if you can't do it genuinely, at least make room in your heart and say, Lord, help me that I can keep the right thoughts in my heart. Listen, let's, let's nobody here be super spiritual. This can happen to a minister, can happen to a deacon, can happen to any one of us. And I look at how the enemy just came in in such a little way and poisoned so many friends. He can do the same thing here. What are we going to do? We're going to kick him out. How are you going to kick him out? Say nice things about one another. You want to cast out devils? Say nice things about one another. You want to? You want to have more of the Lord in our services? You want to be healed? Why don't you just keep your spirit clean? Why don't you allow God? That doesn't mean you have to chum with everybody and such and such, but just allow God to be in you and to flow through you and even in the spirit. Just agree with the word. Oh, Brother Ed, I didn't think this this would be part of a missionary report. Neither did I, but it's just on my heart. So just agree with it. Thank you, Lord, that you led him to say that. I know you did. i got to just say a couple more things and I want to close. <coughs> It would say in Romans 16, verse 17, just just a couple of quick scriptures. Brethren, I beseech you, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine that you have learned and engage them. No, avoid them. Why? If somebody's coming and constantly complaining and running, I, I don't know, I can't stand it. It grieves me. And I say, Lord, I'll pray for them. I'll love them. But wherever I can, you know, just, just help me not to engage into what the enemy might want done. Listen, it could be a, a precious brother or sister. could be me. Pray for me. I, I don't want that either. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 10, verse 4. <coughs> if the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, Leave not thy place. When I watched these brothers in the midst of everything going on in the church and they stood there at their post of duty, I marveled. Because we, you know, listen, friends, we're honest, we're one body. Well, I I don't like this church. I'll find a church somewhere that I can stream. Maybe it's 2,000 miles away. And I'll be friends with everybody there because they don't see all of you. That's why. But I'm just saying, I'll, I'll do that. Listen, we're all one body. Let's not cause, you know, let's not have an American, a Canadian, a Ugandan gospel. Let's not have an Indian. Let's not have a Philippine gospel. Let's have everything. I believe all these gifts are in the body. We, got, we have Brother James Navanda who we're just with. He's going to be coming this way in September. We got a brother from the Philippines, Lord willing, coming in June. Now everybody's, oh, from the Philippines? Who's that? Well, hey, all the mysteries will be revealed in due time. This is on forbearance. So just, 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 this is a test to see how well you can forbear. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, 10, Ecclesiastes 10. Did you still have it up there, Brother Dan? <coughs> I'll, I'll pull it up. If the Spirit, ri- leave not thy place, stay in your place, for yielding pacifieth. Great offenses. Oh, I thought you were going to teach us how to fight. Yeah, sometimes it's yielding pacifies great offenses. Listen, I got I got to jump to one more. Joel chapter two. This will be la- Joel chapter one, my last scriptures, and then I'll let you go. You've been a good audience today. Thank you for putting up with me. Joel chapter one. This is kind of a little bit of where we concluded, but it would say in Joel chapter one verse three, "Tell you your children." And let your children tell their children, their children of the generation, that which the pomer worm hath left has the locust eaten. The locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten. That which the canker worm hath eaten has the caterpillar eaten. In verse six, it would say, a nation has come upon my people, upon my land, strong, without number, the teeth are the teeth of a lion. Verse seven, he hath laid my vine waste and barked my, f- <coughs> my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare, And cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. And it would go on and say in verse 10. The field is wasted. The land mourneth. The corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil languisheth. Be ashamed, O you husbandmen. Howl, O you vine dressers. For the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up. The fig tree languishes. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree, the ap- apple tree, even all the trees are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. You know, don't, let's not let ever let the devil rob our joy from us. Let's always have a place with God. If I learned one thing, and I, I so was good to travel, and it was just so good to go back to the hotel room and open the Word and pray and just worship the Lord... Friends, take time for it. We all need it. I need it outside of this pulpit. I need it outside of counseling. I need it for my own spirit. You need it. You will never overcome just by a lateral thing. You need to have a connection. You need to be in a place where God speaks. And you can resist these things as they come because the devil wants you to leave your place. He wants you to engage. He wants you to, and sometimes it's just, no, I'll just forbear this. I'll wait till the right time. It's not always that. Sometimes you've got to pull the sword out too. But <coughs> Joel chapter 2, verse 1. It would say, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. It is nigh at hand. And now it begins to speak of Joel's army. A day of darkness, of gloominess. A day of clouds, of thick darkness. And as a morning spread on the mountains... Now, this is a prophecy for this end time. And it says, a great people and a strong. Strong in what? Strong in knowing who you are. Strong in not playing with the devil's tactics. Strong in saying, I have the Lord. I have the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is in me. None of these things move me. I will stand on what God has made me. A great people and a strong. There has never been the like. Neither shall there be any more like it, even to the years of many generations. I could read all of this, but I won't. I'll jump down to verse 7. <coughs> they shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone in his ways. I like this next part. And they shall not break their ranks. Oh, I like that. I, I, I don't know. I think... Um, I heard Brother Donnie or Brother Ron and somebody talking about who packs the ball and everybody blocks for him. And, and I just say, Lord, if, if Brother Max is running with the ball tonight, I'm going to block for him. If Brother Andrew or Brother Moses or Brother Joe, let's just pack. We're all on the same team. We're not divided. Listen, it says, we'll march everyone according to our ways, according to our gifts, and so is it with every gift in this church. one song leader goes that way, one that way. Thank God for every gift that's there. I like this verse 8. Neither shall one thrust the other. This is the army of the Lord in the last day. They're not going to pull their sword out and kill their fellow soldier. No, they will keep it channeled to the enemy. How are we gonna live? How are we gonna overcome in this last day? Like I said, offenses will come right till the day we take the rapture. They shall walk everyone in his path, and when they fall on the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run on the wall. They shall climb up houses. They shall enter in the windows like a thief. You could read the rest of it, but I think it's just wonderful. I believe God wants us to live a little bit further, go a little bit higher. Brother Branham would say in the message, humble thyself. Let's have the musicians come. We're closing. And he says, people want power. They don't know what goes with it. You want power? Humble yourself. And he says, get away from all your worldly thinking, humble yourself for, for, before God, then you've got more power than the man that runs over all the building and makes a lot of noise. You've been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to God. Brother Ben, i take the illustration of a watch. He says, you know, that watch can keep perfect time, but what you don't see is all the components that are behind it. And we need to recognize God has called us together. So let's, hey, if you really want to look for it, you're going to find mistakes in every home, in every person, in every gift. But love is forbearing. As I read this last scripture, and I said I would not do that, but I'm doing it. And this one is found in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. It uses this same word. Colossians 3 verse 12 put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved bowels of mercies kindness humbleness of mind meekness long suffering here it is forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against you even as Christ forgave so also do ye and above all these things put on charity which is the bond of perfectness and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You might want to just pick those scriptures up and read them tomorrow, down the road, someone, something happens, or when you do something wrong, say, Lord, I did wrong, give me grace to just be a little bit better. Amen. That's what's on my heart. Thank you. Let's just sing a song or two, and we're going to let you be dismissed. Try and make sure that we keep it a little bit. How did you know that? (laughs) Let's stand together You can't sit for this song My goodness (coughs) Lead us, Brother John Joel's heart Becomes in view Oh, stalwart man